Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about atrial septal defects. And you can find written notes on this topic at zerodefinals.com slash ASD or in the cardiology section of the Zero to Finals pediatrics book. So let's get straight into it. An atrial septal defect is a defect or a hole in the septum or the wall between the two atria. This connects the right and the left atria, allowing blood to flow between them. Let's start with some basic pathophysiology. During the development of the fetus, the right and the left atria are connected. Two walls grow downwards from the top of the heart, then fuse together with the endocardial cushion in the middle of the heart to separate the atria. These two walls are called the septum primum and the septum secundum. Defects in these two walls lead to atrial septal defects, which is a hole connecting the left and the right atria. It's normal for there to be a small hole in the septum secundum, and this is called the foramen ovale. The foramen ovale normally closes at birth. An atrial septal defect leads to a shunt with blood moving between the two atria. Blood moves from the left atrium to the right atrium because the pressure in the left atrium is higher than the pressure in the right atrium. This means blood continues to flow through the pulmonary vessels and the lungs to get oxygenated and the patient does not become cyanotic. However, the increased flow to the right side of the heart leads to right-sided overload and right heart strain. This right-sided overload can lead to right heart failure and pulmonary hypertension. Eventually, pulmonary hypertension can lead to something called Eisenmenger syndrome. And this is where the pulmonary pressure is greater than the systemic pressure, the shunt reverses and becomes a right-to-left shunt because blood will flow from the area of high pressure in the right atrium to the area of low pressure in the left atrium across the atrial septal defect, allowing blood to bypass the lungs and the patient to become cyanotic. So let's talk about the types of atrial septal defect. The types of atrial septal defect from the most common to the least common are ostium secundum, which is where the septum secundum fails to fully close, leaving a hole in the wall, a patent foramen ovale, where the foramen ovale fails to close, although this is not strictly classified as an atrial septal defect, and finally ostium primum, which is where the septum primum fails to fully close, leaving a hole in the wall. Ostium primum also tends to be associated with atrioventricular valve defects, making it an atrioventricular septal defect. Let's talk about the complications. A key complication to be aware of is stroke in the context of venous thromboembolism, and we'll talk about that in more detail shortly. It can also cause atrial fibrillation or atrial flutter, pulmonary hypertension and right-sided heart failure, and Eisenmenger syndrome. A Tom tip for you, it's worth remembering atrial septal defects as a cause of stroke in patients with a DVT or a deep vein thrombosis. Normally when a patient has a deep vein thrombosis and this thrombosis becomes an embolus, the clot travels to the right side of the heart enters the lungs and becomes a pulmonary embolism. 
In patients with an atrial septal defect, the clot is able to travel from the right atrium to the left atrium across the atrial septal defect, bypassing the lungs. This means the clot can travel to the left ventricle, the aorta, and up to the brain, causing a large stroke. An exam question designed to test this piece of knowledge may feature a patient that has a deep vein thrombosis that goes on to develop a large stroke. And the challenge of the exam question is to identify that the patient has had a lifelong asymptomatic atrial septal defect. Let's talk about the presentation. Atrial septal defects cause a mid-systolic crescendo-decrescendo murmur heard loudest at the upper left sternal border. They can also feature a fixed split second heart sound. Splitting of the second heart sound is where you hear the closure of the aortic and the pulmonary valves at slightly different times, meaning that you get two sounds for the second heart sound rather than one. This can be normal with inspiration. However, a fixed split second heart sound means that the split does not change with inspiration or expiration of breath. This occurs in an atrial septal defect because blood is flowing from the left atrium to the right atrium across the atrial septal defect, increasing the volume of blood that the right ventricle has to empty before the pulmonary valve can close. This splitting of the second heart sound does not vary with respiration, which is how you can identify that it's associated with an atrial septal defect rather than being a normal variation. Atrial septal defects are often picked up on antenatal scans or newborn examinations. They may be asymptomatic in childhood and present in adulthood with shortness of breath, heart failure or stroke. Typical symptoms in childhood are shortness of breath, difficulty feeding, poor weight gain and recurrent lower respiratory tract infections. Interestingly, there's a possible link between migraine with aura and patent foramen ovale. Trials such as the premium trial found that treating the patent foramen ovale did not have a significant effect on the migraines, and screening people with migraines for a patent foramen ovale or treating a patent foramen ovale to help migraines is not currently recommended. Let's talk about management. Patients with an atrial septal defect should be referred to a paediatric cardiologist for ongoing management. In cases where the atrial septal defect is small and asymptomatic, watching and waiting may be appropriate. Atrial septal defects can be corrected surgically using a transvenous catheter closure via the femoral vein or open heart surgery. Adults with atrial septal defects may require anticoagulation with medications such as aspirin, warfarin or NOAX to reduce their risk of developing blood clots and subsequently developing strokes. So thanks for listening to this episode on atrial septal defect. As always, a big thank you to Harry Watchman for perfectly editing the podcast. You can find written notes on all the podcast topics in the Zero to Finals books available on Amazon and you can find full audiobook versions of the Zero to Finals books on Audible so you can take all the topics with you wherever you go to help studying and preparing for your exams. You can also find all the notes as well as videos, illustrations and questions completely free on the Zero to Finals website at zerotofinals.com 
and I hope you tune in for the next episode where we'll talk about ventricular septal defects.